Hello, and a very good day to you. My name is Jim Harris, and this is Heritage Bible Radio. Heritage Bible Radio is an extension of Heritage Bible Church in Boise, where it's my joy to serve as the teaching pastor. Every day, we devote our radio time to studying a portion of the Word of God so you can know Him better through Jesus Christ and serve Him better through your local church. This week on Heritage Bible Radio, we look at just four verses, Mark 8, verses 27 through 30. Maybe you've taken on a large project before that you know is going to take many months or even two to three years, and you know the importance of milestones called progress reports so that you can assess how you're doing in pursuing the project goals. Well, I've seen this passage as a progress report of Jesus's ministry. As Jesus and the disciples continue to spread the gospel, Jesus turns to his disciples and springs the big question on them. He's been doing miracles that can only be done with divine authority and power. He's been teaching the people and the disciples with the kind of wisdom and authority never heard before on earth. So what was the impact? What's the progress toward the goal? Jesus summarized this with a single question. Who do people say that I am? Now, Jesus knew the misunderstanding of people was no indication of any kind of failure of his impact, but this was an opportunity also for the disciples to answer the same question. And as much as we hear about Peter's humiliation throughout Scripture, he nailed it at this moment. But Jesus gave credit to another. How does that work? If you know your Bible, you probably already know the answer, but it's always good to remind ourselves here is today's slice of the message entitled, Who Do People Say That I Am? There are many, and I mean many, answers to the question, Who is Jesus Christ? All but one of them is wrong. All of them but one is wrong. There's one and only one right answer. And if you have the wrong answer to that question, you cannot be saved because you're not trusting in the Savior. You cannot go to heaven. You're lost no matter how sincere or religious you are if you're not putting your faith in the one and only Jesus Christ. Peter put it this way in Acts chapter 4, verse 12, preaching to a group of Jews, and he said, "...and there is salvation in no one else." He had Figured out the hodge from the podge by that time, hadn't he? There is salvation in no one else, for there is no other name, and that means the full identity of the person. There is no other name under heaven that has been given among men by which we must be saved. No one else but Jesus Christ can save you. So if you take the words Jesus Christ and you give them a different definition other than who He really is, you're not believing in the Savior. You can't be saved. First John is the sequel to the Gospel of John. The Apostle John wrote the Gospel of John in order that you might believe that Jesus is the Christ and that believing in Him you might be saved. Then he writes First John to those who believe. And he was worried about them. He was concerned about them because the hodgepodge kept morphing into new things. And by the time you get to First John chapter 4, verses 1 through 3, he says, Beloved... Do not believe every spirit. And that's referring to those who would be teaching spiritual things. Do not believe every spirit, but 
test the spirits to see whether they are from God. Because many false prophets have gone out into the world. Well, John, tell me, what's the test? What's the test? How do I test them? All right. By this you know the Spirit of God. Every spirit that confesses, that means it is their personal confession, their personal belief. And confess, remember, says to say the same thing. Every spirit that says exactly this, every spirit that confesses that Jesus Christ has come in the flesh is from God. And every spirit that does not confess Jesus is not from God. And this is the spirit of the Antichrist, of which you have heard that it is coming, and now it is already in the world. That's worded so precisely and so gloriously. Jesus Christ has come in the flesh. Why did he say that? Because in his day, there was an incipient form of a view called Gnosticism. They really liked the man Jesus. And they said that the man Jesus was one of those really enlightened ones and Upon Him, the Christ Spirit came at His baptism, left Him before His death. So He puts it together. No, no. Jesus Christ came in the flesh. He, God the Son, became the God-man. You believe anything else about Jesus Christ, and you're not in the category of second-class Christian. You're in the category of, oops, Antichrist. You are in opposition to God's plan of salvation if you don't have your Christology right. You don't have the liberty to redefine Jesus Christ if you want to be saved. Your doctrine has to be exactly what the Bible says. So do you you understand there are countless opinions about who Jesus Christ is? And do you understand that all but one of them are wrong And believing them condemns people to die in their sin. So, you understand the question? Who do people say that I am? Yep, they understood the question. They answered who the people said that He was. Do you understand that there are myriad answers? Thirdly, do you understand the answer? Here is the pinnacle of the book of Mark. Jesus now asks the disciples themselves. This is the, the second of the two-question oral final exam. First one is, who do people say that I am? Second one is, who do you say, do I, say that I am? Mark 8, 29 and 30. And he continued by questioning them, but who do you say that I am? Peter answered and said to him, you are the Christ. And Matthew's gospel adds the detail, you are the Christ, the Son of the living God. Maybe the fuller answer in Matthew. And then Jesus warned them to tell no one about Him. We've seen that over and over, haven't we? We'll we'll connect that when we come back for, for next week. But bear in mind, what we have here in the gospels is a, a, a summary of what is revealed to us here as an ongoing conversation as Jesus traveled with the disciples. We don't know how many times He asked, and who do they say I am? And, and who did that village say that I am? And have you heard any new ones about, 
about who I am, and maybe he had asked them individually also. And, and, and Philip, who do you say I am? James, John, who do you say that I am? Maybe he had asked them individually, but here he says it to all of them. And like always, Peter's the one who speaks on behalf of them, and he nailed this one. If you want to find out where someone stands with God, most important question that you can ask is, who is Jesus Christ? Don't start with, do you believe in Jesus Christ? Because they could say they believe in Jesus Christ and have a totally different version of who Jesus is. doesn't matter how much comparative theology you know of all the different religions. It doesn't matter how many different theories you can explain. It doesn't matter how many books you've read, how many polls you've taken or, or read or, or, or what your friends think. This is the most important question. And by the way, you can take this and make it very personal, and you should. Today, what matters is, can you face Jesus Christ Himself and answer Him correctly when He says, but who do you say that I am? Christ, that's the Greek equivalent of the Hebrew word Messiah, same word, different languages. The literal meaning is the anointed one. He is the one that God predicted and promised long ago. It started in Genesis chapter 3, right after the fall. He promised the the seed of the woman who would bear sins. Um, It's developed all through the Old Testament. And in the fullness of time, He was born, says Galatians chapter 4, verse 4. He is the uh, deliverer of Israel. He is the one and only Savior of the world. Remember when John the Baptist introduced Jesus to the public? He said, the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. Can't be anything less than that. And John went on to say in John 1.34, and I have seen and have borne witness that this is the Son of God. He's the Savior. He's the Son. He's the Messiah. Now, these 12 had heard it From the beginning, starting with John the Baptist, now they've been with Jesus for probably over two years. They've heard all He said. They've seen all that He did. And Peter and the others could say with all their hearts that they knew for sure Jesus is the Christ, the Son of the living God. Now, beyond that, we should look at one more verse included by Matthew. So we'll just do a, a little bit of harmony of the Gospels here. We've got to weave this together so you can get a picture of the whole, um, the, the whole setting here. The next verse in Matthew, Matthew 16, 17, says, Jesus said to him, that's to Peter, Blessed are you, Simon Barjona. What that means is Simon, son of Jonah. So we know that Peter's dad was named Jonah. Blessed are you, Simon Bar-Jonah, because flesh and blood did not reveal this to you, but my Father who is in heaven. This underscores another very important point. No one, that means no one, no one comes to understand who Jesus really is. No one comes to personal saving faith in Him except by the work 
of the Spirit of God. If you would like this message on Compact Disc, let me know and we'll send it to you. You'll receive the entire message, not just the portion on today's program. You can order by phone at 353-4036 or by writing to us at 7071 West Emerald, Boise, Idaho, 83704 or on the internet at hbc-boise.org. Heritage Bible Radio needs your prayers and your financial support. Once again, you can reach us online at hbc-boise.org or by telephone at 353-4036 or by writing to us at 7071 West Emerald, Boise, Idaho, 83704. And if you need a church home here in the Treasure Valley, I hope you'll visit us any Sunday at 7071 West Emerald. For Heritage Bible Radio, I'm Jim Harris. See you next time. Bye-bye.